right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts, you found us. Up Next. And this, my friends, is Deep Impact, our weekly Tuesday show where we talk all about Impact Wrestling. And I am joined today once again by my Impact partner in crime. It's a Mr. Andrew Thompson. How are you, my friend? Davey. Uh, good sir, it is a pleasure to be with you again. Always a good time, as always. We are, we are getting ready for deep impact. I was almost getting ready for some deep sleep. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 as always, it is a good time doing this podcast with you, my brother. Yeah, a- Andrew. This week, I I get a message from Bing going, <laughs> "Hey, can, can we get going? Can we start this thing? <laughs> that last forty minutes put me to sleep." Um, yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to impact very soon and then you'll be able to get to bed very soon. Andrew, I, I feel you. I had one of those weeks last week where just every day I was just exhausted. Uh, I'm full of energy today. I've had my two coffees and I'm, I'm ready to get all into swingers palace this week. There you go. There you go. But, uh, of course, before we get into the, uh, the show, the show that was impact wrestling, it was a. Uh, a bit of impact related news uh, that happened over the past. You can even say three days. Uh, oh yeah, three, three days, Dave. There was a lot that was going on uh, as far as former impact related talent uh, get, getting signed to major companies. Man, mm. yeah. So we've got uh, Taya Valkyrie who uh, has now signed with. It seems like it's NXT. I know we were yeah. kind of theorizing before, thinking maybe she'll be with uh ms morrison uh what are your thoughts with that um i think wwe is where we thought she'd go what do you think about nxt for taya yeah you know i, I think that's a good fit for taya i, I honestly think if she would I, I know me and you both kind of agree that you know if, if it was AEW or wwe or you know a, a variation of you know nxt or 
the uh, quote unquote main roster. I think she would have fit anywhere she you know she chose. Uh, I think it was a I think NXT is a solid option for her. Like she bring a lot of veteran experience uh, to that locker room, and she's well versed, well traveled. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how you know she gets put into the mix because um, Triple H has said on the media call that this upcoming performance center class is going to be the largest group of females that they ever had. So that that that's going to be a um, you know it's it's going to be quite interesting to see like the amount of uh, talent that gets mixed in there. I know AQA uh, is is confirmed for that class, and then uh, you know it, it's it's a lot of people coming in uh, to NXT. It seems like they you know specifically the NXT brand. It seems like they're trying to you know kick kickstart some things and get some more buzz going around yeah i was quite surprised here she was going to nxt to be honest she she feels like a main roster character and i saw her slipping right in there with with miz and morrison um but there isn't really a character like her down in nxt so i i I think it could be interesting i don't quite see how she's gonna fit in uh gonna be interested to see what they do you said it seems to be a big female class. There were rumors before uh, all this pandemic and stuff about a May Young Classic three. Could you see that being something they'd potentially consider doing, especially seeing that they kind of boarded up storyline wise with EO and Tony that uh, Tony defeated her in the May Young Classic? Yeah, I, I think that's a real good call by you right there. I definitely think that's what they're probably gearing up for to present another May Young Classic tournament. I think a lot of people want another May Young Classic tournament. I know I want to see one. Those things have been successful the, uh, the last two times they, they did them. Mm. Uh, I think two times they did them, they've always been successful. So, And I'm definitely not going to be against another May Young Classic. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, of course, I think one of the interesting things that people like to see is when they kind of bring talent that's not signed to WWE, but with the class they got coming in and uh, the talent they already got established, like it, it's honestly like no need to go outside because you got like a, a whole bracket of competitors right there set in front of you yeah i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if they do the mayon classic more integrated with nxt perhaps even some matches on nxt uk and some c- kind of similar to aew is doing right now with their their women's tournament i think uh it's been quite clear quite a few times that nxt try to make the women's division almost their calling card they they very often kick off the show with a big women's match and quite often headline with a women's match as well so i wouldn't be surprised if we see it more as part of the show like they've been doing with the dusty classic um rather than like another network special or peacock special i guess it will be if mm. they if they end up doing it um and yeah a few few more signees obviously we saw la sorry la knight eli drake um on the kind of pre-show for NXT TakeOver this weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on Eli Drake? How do you feel he'll fit in there? So I, I, I've never been a, like, Eli Drake in-ring guy. But, like, that that dude can talk with the best of them. Like, legit. Like, he is, like, very... Uh, I, I think that's the, I think it's a fair word. It's, I think he's very captivating with the microphone. He can draw people in. Like, he's, like, very interesting with the microphone. Like, I, I like seeing him on the mic. Like, I, I don't like I'm, I'm not really like, again, I'm not like very into like drawing in or what he does in, in ring wise. But I feel like he could talk people into the building. So I, it's, it's going to be cool to see him like mix it up with some so some of the people in the NXT and kind of, you know, his witness and, you know, kind of put putting people on the spot. Because I feel like that's the type of person he is when he gets on the mic. So, yeah, um, I always like I, I feel like the, the NWA really 
um, did wonders for Eli Drake and, you know, putting eyes on him and letting people know how good on the microphone he is. So uh, I'm pretty sure that's going to translate over to NXT. We saw that on the TakeOver Ventures Day mm. pre-show when he grilled uh, Brandon Walker from Barstool and he get, went, went in on Wade Barrett as well. I'm pretty sure he was going to go in on Sam Roberts, but Sam Roberts did the smart thing, which I would have did, left the scene before you get <laughs> roasted. Very, very small move right there by Sam Roberts. But yeah, man, that, that's a good pickup for them, man. Another um, another vet, uh, another person to add to your locker room. And no, he's he TV ready. Him and Ty are TV ready. Yeah, I, I see him as kind of NXT's response to an Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie mm. Kingston, I can't say I get particularly excited about his matches, but I'm captivated every time he opens his mouth. That's and, I, and I think Eli Drake, if they can resist the WWE urge to kind of overproduce him and just let him do his thing. Uh, I think he could be a real big asset there, whether you have him uh, kind of form his own little faction that he can be a mouthpiece. So, similar kind of role to Pat McAfee, you know, kind of build up some guys, does wrestle as well. But um, that's what I see his role, where I see his role being uh, successful there. And then another guy we've talked about a bunch, Blake Christian, who signed with NXT now. Yeah, uh, just uh, no, give, give uh, the, the the proper accreditation. Uh, Pfeiffer reported that story uh, that Blake Christian got officially signed to WWE. Um, so yeah, Blake, uh, you want to know a funny story, Dave? I was supposed to interview Blake to promote the GCW Fight Forever show. And Blake uh, gave me the old runaround, and I kind I I, I kind of figured you know something was up because like me and him had set a, a date in stone, and then like he said something came up, and I was like, yeah, I bet. So <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, I, I kind of put two or two together, and I kind of you know he must have got uh, signed. I think his um, I mistake me if I'm wrong. I think his significant other is signed. Uh, Cor- Cora Jade, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we saw her in the WWE. women's tournament. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it ain't it ain't, it's, it's 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 a lot of good things going on, man. You know, working with your uh, significant other in the same company, and you guys kind of living out that uh, WWE dream. So yeah, congratulations to Blake Christian, man. That's big, right there. It it does seem like a lot of uh, a lot of talent coming in. Um, we did have that class uh, a year or so ago, which had the likes of uh, Cameron Grimes. ACH, Bronson Reed, all those guys when again they did a little tournament and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they do that kind of thing again uh, perhaps for like a, a North American title shot or something like that to try and introduce these mm. new people but it's a lot of people and WWE does seem quite bloated so um we'll see maybe maybe it's time for some call-ups we've we finally had that UE split so maybe kind of once we've seen this through we'll see uh, kind of a class maybe move up to make room for some of these these new guys. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, David, like for someone that reviews um, NXT on the weekly, like what do you think about how like uh, like so many people are coming into the company? Like I think the um, the next performance center class is probably going to get announced next week. Like just, just knowing that, you know, hearing Triple H actually say that this is going to be the biggest uh, women's class that they've had. And, you know, just seeing all the recent signers that they brought in, like, do you, like who who would you say, like, right now on the current NXT roster that you can think of from the top of your head that's like, okay, we, we got so many people come in, like, they need to go Raw SmackDown? Um, I mean, you're not going to do it with Undisputed Era right now because mm. um, you've got that uh, story with them. 
But Champa and Gargano, they've kind of... I worry. I, I worry for Gargano especially, just being kind of another ricochet on the main roster. But <laughs> I, I do think they've kind of outstayed their welcome in in NXT. Uh, I, I think we all assume Rhea is called up now. We're just waiting for her to actually uh, kind of appear regularly on the main roster. Um, but they're the two that comes to mind. Uh, I'd say Damien Priest moved up at the right time, but it, I kind of want to see the likes of Bronson Reed having more prominent positions in NXT. And I, I think you need to pull some of your top stars away to just force the, the talent underneath to step it up. Mm. And, and that last thing on this, I, I got to say, Damien Priest has had the smoothest transition that I've seen in a while. Like this dude literally got paired with the biggest Latin artist in the world and like and, and more than likely is probably gonna end up being on the WrestleMania card this year. Like he he has made a very smooth transition. Like did Damian Priest lucked out. He lucked out. He he's gotta be grateful for Kevin Owens, right? Because the 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 story apparently is oh, that oh yeah uh, oh yeah <laughs> Damian Priest was pitched to be like Kevin Owens' best friend to team with him against Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. And Kevin Owens just said, like, I don't know this guy. I've never met this guy. He's not my friend. We haven't. It's not like we're in Montreal at the same time or ROH or any of that. Um, So shot down the idea and they went back to the drawing board and then came up with this whole Bad Bunny crossover thing. And you're right. Priest has just stepped into it seamlessly and uh, I I think could be a, a big deal on the main roster. Yeah, 100%, man. Congratulations to Damien Priest, my brother. You have escaped the chokehold. <laughs> One more piece of news before we go into Impact is the uh, Sammy Guevara story. Um, this is, we obviously saw Sammy on AEW Dynamite last week. He left the inner circle and said he was going to kind of go somewhere else and maybe find himself um, we all assumed he was going to impact for a, a little visit. That was apparently the plan, but he turned down the creative they gave to him, which actually seemed to be a, a Tony Khan idea. And at first it seemed like there was heat. And then Meltzer came out earlier saying that there's no heat or at least no heat from AEW towards Sammy Guevara. What do you make of this whole situation? Uh, not, not, not much. I don't, I mean, it, it it could be something you know to 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 it, but like with, with specific stories like this, I kind of just you know dial back on it and don't really dive too deep in it. Cause like as be like uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Sammy Guevara took to his uh I think Twitter or his his YouTube channel and did something like he laid on the ground uh on on the snow because he had it, it was he, he he had too much heat on him, so he had to cool off and like <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like just a little like so I, it, it's hard for me to like put like real serious stock into these type of stories because like it could just be like anything well maybe it really could be something to it but like just, just specific stories like this i just like you know just just kind of let it you know in, 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 in one in and, and right out the other yeah i, I think this will be like a non-story within a week but it is interesting the uh kind of the the rumors i heard were that um they gave his planned story to Black Taurus. So mm. um, we'll, we'll get to that a bit later, but I imagine it had something to do with the X Division title, it is my theory. Um, 
But let's get into Impact Wrestling itself. We open with a recap of No Surrender. Uh, we saw uh, Rich Swan retain his championship against Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Tommy Dreamer putting the title on his shoulders. And then Moose attacking both. Because obviously he is next in line for a title shot. Uh, did you get to catch much of No Surrender or any of it? Davey, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you, brother. I did not see a lick of that show. I it's, saw the highlights on social media. And, you know, from what I saw, it's like I didn't miss. Uh, it, it, it seemed like it was some good action on the show, like it's some good wrestling. But like, I'm talking about like as far as like, you know, anything like new super news where there wasn't anything, you know, that big coming out of the show. Yeah, I I kind of had it on in the background. I I wanted like a, just a chill day and kind of had it on while doing some cleaning and stuff. And it. It definitely wasn't a patch on the last Impact Plus where they had the uh, cruise, sorry, the X Division uh, Cup tournament. Um, the I did enjoy the Triple Threat Revolver match. Um, the main event between Dreamer and Swan was kind of better than I thought it would be, but um, yeah, it, it was a pretty no no news show really, and, well, and how was the, nothing um, really I, stood out. I was going to ask you, how was the Triple Threat tag match with the tag titles? It was good. Um, so it it ended with uh, with Private Party actually. Sorry, I'm trying to remember the end of the match. I believe Private Party actually took the pin. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. It's, I'm getting all these shows confused that I've watched over the last few days. Uh, it it was all right. Um, it's it didn't blow me away. It it kind of felt like a a sort of dynamite match, maybe like a, a good match, but didn't didn't feel pay-per-view worthy or kind of maybe the as big as the build it had right right so private party too depending on that i i'm gonna double check i'm just looking at um at john Cena's report now because uh yeah it was a it was a busy busy weekend lots going on um oh no that's right quen hits the shooting star and anderson kind of blind tags him in and steals the pin on storm uh, so okay. um Private Party did the work, but uh, the Good Brothers snuck in and stole it at the end. It, there, it looks like our prediction might become true. We might get that rematch on Dynamite sometime, sometime in the future. We might, we might, we might get it. It might happen, man. Maybe. Um, if you want a full breakdown of No Surrender from the weekend, John Cena's report is on postwrestling.com. Cena. Okay, well, let's get into the show. We kick off right away with an X-Division Championship match. Josh Alexander, who won the Revolver Triple Threat Gauntlet match at No Surrender, challenging TJP. Um, I didn't see Alexander coming out of this uh, as the winner, the, the Revolver match, um, but I was quite looking forward to this. Two uh, interesting styles. Like, TJP definitely has the the technical side him as well as the high flying so i was quite looking forward to this match and it it really didn't disappoint Man, uh, did, are you were you were David? yeah so matt striker on commentary is putting over both these guys he's saying you can talk about all your other three-letter companies your AEWs, but i would put these two wrestlers up against anyone um the match starts with a lot of submission trades just counter for counter um, there's this counter into a surfboard stretch from Alexander, and that's where we see that TJP is bleeding from the mouth. 
Um, the ankle lock gets locked in by Alexander, but this gets rolled through and countered into a triangle from TJP. So Alexander tries to push him down to pin him to his shoulders, but ends up lifting him up into a powerbomb against his knee. Really nice transitions here. We get the triangle hold again from TJP. This time, Josh Alexander walks into the corner and slingshots him face first into the turnbuckle. TJP then applies his octopus stretch and turns it into a double arm octopus stretch. He's just wrenching on any limb that's available. There's a halluva kick in the corner from TJP, followed by a tornado DDT for a two count. He goes for the mumba splash, but rolls through. Alexander dives to the outside, then goes up top, but as he jumps off, eats a drop kick from TJP. Alexander locks in the ankle lock again, but it gets turned into an enziguri. The detonation kick is blocked. The Tiger Driver 98 is blocked. Now TJP is up top again. And Alexander goes up on the turnbuckle, attempts the divine intervention, his Tiger Driver 98, off the second rope. But TJP knocks him off, hits the Mamba Splash, but this gets rolled into an ankle lock. And TJP is selling this submission so well. I, I really thought we were... We were flipping the title here. Uh, he looks like he's about to tap, but manages to escape. He catches Alexander with the detonation kick, climbs up top, and hits the Mamba Splash in 11 minutes, 20 seconds. TJP retains the title. Andrew, thoughts? This was a really, really, really good opening match. I really enjoyed this. Josh Alexander is a great wrestler, as proven. Um, the, the one spaz doing this match that I really liked was when he hit that power bomb backbreaker on the TJP. Like he hit, like he lifted him up with a power bomb, and then like, like he literally threw TJP onto his knee. It, it was it was ridiculous. It was like, from the I, triangle as well. So we're talking yeah. like a one armed power bomb essentially. Yes. And it was like one of those like I, I love those moves in wrestling. Like when I legit jump up and start cringing because I, I I'm trying to imagine like I know that hurts like a lot. So that that was like a really cool thing. Like, man, I, I, I think a lot of people already know how good Josh Alexander is just from his time on the independence. But, like, I think it's just further established that, like, how good he is and can be if you put him in the right situation or you put him in there with the, the right person where you can bounce off of. Like, it was, like, legit a clash of styles with him and TJP. And they, they, they really work well together. Um, I definitely don't think this should be the last time that they should wrestle. And I think you should keep putting Josh in these matches with the T, with the TJPs and the the Trey Miguel's and the Chris Bay's because I think that's where he shines best. And then it also works well with, you know, the, the, the with, with, with those specific styles that I mentioned with the, you know, that power slash speed, you know, dynamic that they have going on. Yeah. I, I loved this match. I thought this, this might be the best TV impact match I've seen in the last year. Uh, I'd say I, I did like some of the kind of motor city machine guns matches, but this one really stood out. It opened the show and made me so excited for the rest of the show. I, I'm with you. Josh Alexander, uh, we've been talking about his character a bit over the last few weeks and how we don't perhaps see him as a baby face. But if he continues to just wrestle this way and put on great matches, I completely buy it. Like, I'd like to see him and Rich Swan tie it up as well. Like, there, there's a good crop of people that I think Josh Alexander is going to pull better matches out of. Um, I, I really enjoyed this and uh, by far match of the night for me. 
Yeah, like the, the my legit only complaint about this match is um when Josh Alexander had that ankle lock on TJ PJP was he so he sold it real real well. But see the thing was that kinda took me out just a little bit was when uh it was TJ's TJP's time to like make his comeback. Like he just like his 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 leg and his ankle was just like completely fine. Like he just wasn't almost about to tap out. Like I'm like you could like he just sprung right to the top rope to hit his frog splash. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like and, and, and it, it wasn't like something that like, you know, completely took me out the match, but it was one of those things like you literally was in an ankle lock for like damn for like a long time. Minutes. Like you like you know what I'm saying? It was just one of those things where I was like, I wish you could have, you know, added that little part in there. He'll say it's adrenaline. Adrenaline yeah. and momentum. There you go. But but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um because he did have that ankle lock in for a while. <laughs> After the ma- oh, what I also loved about this was no commercial breaks. I kind of kept waiting. I kept thinking we were gonna break it up with commercials, but this was right through, which which really does help with the enjoyment of a match. I feel. Yeah, that that, that uh, 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 David. I, I know you're getting tired of seeing that Bully Ray winning the TNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you watch on Twitch rather than access, <laughs> you get to see yeah Bully Ray win the title. Uh, amazing red upset amazing. Samoa Joe Steiner maths about three times a show every week <laughs> oh my goodness. we go backstage and we see Gia Miller who asks why Tommy Dreamer was in management's office Dreamer says that Moose ruined something very special on Saturday so he wants to teach him a lesson and he's got a match signed for tonight it's going to be old school rules, Tommy Dreamer against Moose, because you know what? Moose really pissed him off. Ha- ha- hashtag what, Davey? <laughs> Dreamer with a pen? Tommy with a pen? <laughs> uh, what were you saying just before we started this about Tommy? <laughs> so so Dreamer, Dreamer did an interview with uh, Busted Open Radio following his match with Rashawn, and he, he, uh, he alluded that he was going to be... Slight, slightly stepping away from the on-screen portion of Impact and be focusing more on his uh, producer and creative writing roles. And lo and behold, here he is, main event, Tommy Dreamer, uh, Tommy with a pen. Uh, and he's uh, <laughs> but, but he, he put Gia Miller over big, man, called her Mean Gia. So it looked like that's going to be her nickname going forward, a salute to uh, Mean Gene Oakland. So I, mean, I, I, th- I thought it was a cool little bit for her. That's a good way to, you know, incorporate the announcement. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan always trying to include the, you know, the announcers and stuff in the show, like in that, just act like they're not like human beings standing there and stuff like that. So that was a cool little bit. 100%. It's something I've noticed on NXT a lot more recently that they're, it it seems to actually be WWE as a whole. They're kind of getting Kayla a bit more, kind of she's had a bit of back and forth with Roman. Um, They seem to have gone away from that. These are like microphone stands, you know, and trying Ooh. to bring a bit more personality. And I appreciate it so much more. I think it helps the wrestlers as well. If you've That's... got someone you can bounce off of promo wise, rather than just talking to a brick wall, um, it's so much better. So I agree. I think uh, mean Gia, let's try and get that to stick. <laughs> yeah. So we go to Brian Myers, who approaches Hernandez and they had a little deal going into No Surrender that if they beat Eddie Dennis and Matt Cardona, Brian Myers would pay Hernandez. So he paid him half of the money up front and the other half after winning the match. Uh, Hernandez thinks Myers has been trying to dodge him and goes, no, 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 I'm a man of your wor- of my word. Here's the rest of the money. 
And then Brian says, how about we do the same deal tonight? If you beat Cardona tonight, you're going to get half now and half once you finish the job. And as he's doing this, Falabar comes up behind and says, oh, just the guy I've been looking for. He said, calls that money crumbs and that he can get them the whole cookie. Uh, Hernandez is a bit confused and he says, don't you have a bit of a gambling problem? But Fala promises that he can turn his money into fortunes. If you give me 20 bucks, I can make it 40. So Hernandez, yeah. a little curious, goes, all right, well, how about we start off? I give you 10 and you try and make it 20. So Falabar takes the $10 and walks off laughing. So, um, yeah, Falabar is obviously going to try and get into Swinger's Palace a bit later to see what Good he can old, do with his uh, money. But uh, Fala the Forex trader. <laughs> Falabar's worse with money than I am, I think. And that's that's <laughs> saying something. We go uh, to Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown, who are talking about the relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling as they're kind of selling the fact that Finn Juice, um, Finn, sorry, David Finley and Juice Robinson, almost said Finn Balor there, are at Impact tonight for a tag team match and kind of allude to the fact that we might be seeing more talents from New Japan down the line. We go to an X-Division fatal four-way match. Willie Mack taking on Davari, Suicide and Trey Miguel. David, I want David. I want to ask you, bro. Did you know Davari is only thirty six, bro? Really? He's been yes. that they said here. He's been wrestling for twenty years. He has. Wow. <laughs> that's it's, it's, that's it's crazy. British style starting young. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm telling because it's crazy because I remember him from, of course, like you know the the stuff with Muhammad Hassan and for sure. that whole back and forth thing that he had with him and like that scene, like that was like 2005. So Davar, what Davar? He had to be like what 22. 21 the yeah he's a young in wwe yeah must have been really young it's crazy because i was like dude i I looked it up i was wondering how old davari was because i remember i was listening to um an interview he did and he was like he's like people always assume like i'm like this old dude and he but he didn't say his age and i for some reason that interview came in my head when i was watching the match and i was like how old is davari this dude is 36 bro i was like he's not old at all and he was producing that wwe for a couple years so you know he'd burned about like a good two two three years so it, it's crazy man to still see like to know that he's like he's not even old at all in the slightest no and he looks like he ate the old davari because he is <laughs> he's jacked this dude uh just got corrected by the twitch room uh i said eddie dennis i, I meant eddie edwards obviously there you go. so the bell rings and davari jumps willie mac immediately he, there are drop kicks from Trey and Suicide, which takes Davari out of the ring for a while. They then go at it, the two of them, uh, Trey and Suicide, just both showing off their speed, their counter for counter, jumping all over each other. Very impressive. They attempt to hit a double team move on Mac, but he shoulder blocks them both down. Then Suicide sends Mac and Trey to the outside. He goes to the top, going to jump off, but Davari comes back in and knocks him to the mat. Davari's now beating down on Suicide. Mac powerbombs Davari. He catches Suicide and slams him, then hits the Samoan drop to Trey and hits his standing moonsault to both Trey and Suicide, which was very impressive. Then there's a missile dropkick from Davari taking down Mac. 
Suicide takes him out with a crossbody, and then we get the top rope Meteora from Trey Miguel to Suicide, and one, two, three, Trey Miguel wins in four minutes, 52 seconds. There you go, man. I, I wanted you to, um, I had thoughts on this match, of course, but I wanted you to read the, the post-match, because I think it was a, a, a nice little foil uh, for Trey Miguel uh, coming off of his win. Yeah, so after the match, uh, Trey comes to the back and Sammy Callahan is there ready to congratulate him. And he goes, yeah, well, you won now, but when is the next time you're just going to leave with your tail between your legs? You lost at no surrender, and that's because you ain't got passion. As he gets really close to Trey. Um, Obviously, this is the feud. This is the next big match they're going for. Um, was quite surprised actually we didn't see Trey Miguel win at No Surrender um, but I'm I'm glad they're continuing this this story here and gave him a win um, under his belt right here uh, what were your thoughts on the match? so I, I did like the match a lot I felt like Trey like he like I felt like over the since he's come back Impact has done like a really good job of spotlighting him and putting him in like a really good spats like even in the tag match uh, that happened Last week, I believe, or the week before that, like they really did a good job of making sure Trey got all his spats in, and he had a lot of gifable moments. Like he, he, Trey is very, very talented in the ring. So I feel like he, like I, I feel like all four people, uh, uh, Suicide Navari and Willie Mack, along with Trey, had good showings. But Trey just has been very. You, you can tell they're 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 building Trey up for something, and I think it's going to be an exhibition title win uh, at some point down the line. But I really like the the foil that is. Sammy Callahan kind of, you know, calling Trey out on this shit. Like, hey, well, so so you you just think you will come back here and you know you just gonna get it all handed to you because you because you were literally about to you literally thought about leaving us, but then I guess it didn't work out for you. So now you want to come back, and I I, I like that thing because like the the one thing I really like about Hills that like it, it's, it's, it's specifically say, uh, Sammy Callahan in this situation. I like that he's the hill where he's making good points and you can't disagree with him. Like he's just expressing his uh, his dislike for Trey in a way that's that's very heelish, but yeah. like he, he's making like all good points and he's not lying. He's, you can't call out anything he's saying because he's telling the truth. So I, I really like that dynamic that they got going on, and I think it's a good hurdle for Trey Miguel to get over, and it'll give him some edge uh, for for his character when he goes and faces TJP for the exhibition title, which I think is going to happen. I I think that's where Sammy is going to be good. In, in this, and mainly to help Trey Miguel. Trey is great in the ring. I find him so entertaining. He really fits the kind of style that is very popular in 2021, kind of just high-flying, um, non-stop action. But in the past, when he's had chances to do some kind of promos and backstage stuff, I'm thinking of the story, like, last year when he was taken out, he was attacked, and then he started to distrust the rascals a bit. He was really good. Now, if you just have him in a feud against TJP, I can't see you really getting that out of him. I can't see you getting that acting and the the backstage segments and the promo with someone like a TJP, whereas Sammy Callahan is really going to draw that out of him. Because Callahan's great on the mic. He's a great heel. Um, I think he's really going to help Trey step up when it comes to the kind of uh, acting and storytelling aside from the ring work. Mm-hmm. The match for me was a little... I mean, it was under five minutes. It was a little formulaic. It was just the usual 
uh, everyone kind of hit their stuff and um, people waiting on the outside as these multi-man matches usually are. But it was still entertaining and you're right, the focus was on Trey and I think it did a good job there. We're in Scott Demore's office who congratulates TJP on his successful defence. That's when Ace Austin enters carrying the uh, the... X Cup, the Super X Cup that he won a couple of months ago. Uh, he says he won this a while ago and he still hasn't had his one-on-one X Division title shot yet. As Austin's doing this, he's putting his feet up on the desk, which Damore slaps off. Damore says that there are a lot of people that deserve a... that have been having a good showing and deserve a shot at the title. So he suggests next week we're going to have a six-man tag and the winning team of that will go on to face each other in a triple threat match the following week, and the winner of that match will then be the number one contender. Austin, yeah. Austin says, you can make me jump through as many ho- hoops as you like. The outcome will be inevitable. And then he walks out. Um, you, Austin seemed like the baby face here, right? <laughs> he, he, he really is a baby face because like, I, I was going to ask you, I was like, what wasn't him winning the Super S Cup like guaranteed him a X Division title match? Like, wasn't that the whole point of the tournament to crown the yeah. number one contender to the X Division title? Like, and instead, he, yeah. he got put in another multi-man gauntlet triple threat match, and now yeah, he, he's got to do this. And yeah, I feel really bad for the guy. He he, he got Cardona, Davy. That's what he got. <laughs> that, that was his uh his reward for the. But yeah, but yeah, man, Ace has like his, the, the Ace Austin character legit has legitimate right to the exhibition title, and I think this is a, like the, the, you, you want to know what this is a good problem to have, like as far as the exhibition goes, because you got two separate stories going on, and two guys who legit have claim to the title. Like you can either go the three way route with the champion TJ, I mean the champion, uh, and then Trey Miguel, and then Ace Austin, or you can do Trey versus Ace in a singles. And both of them have legit claims to the to the championship. Like Josh Alexander already lost his match, so the next two up are obviously first in line is Ace, and then it's Trey. So like this, they, they they Impact has a good problem to have as far as the exhibition goes. Yeah, I I agree with you. I can definitely see them going back to Trey Miguel and Ace Austin down the line for that X division title. Um, yeah, just it, it seemed a weird dynamic here, uh, just stacking the odds against the the heel who won a tournament to legit have a shot even tjp just chilling in management's office seemed a bit heelish like just schmoozing with the boss you know yeah T- tjp's a real life heel so yeah i think, I think you can ask anybody on twitter and they'll uh get it <laughs> they'll let you know about tjp yeah what well, what one of the problems when doing a review show um <laughs> complicated personalities we have to talk about let's put it that way we go to our next match of the evening. It's Hernandez being accompanied to the ring by Brian Myers versus always ready Matt Cardona. Uh, Cardona sends Hernandez over the top rope and hits a Topecon Hilo. Um, he lands this kind of funny. He just sort of sits on his back for a couple of seconds. I don't know if you noticed this, Andrew. The, 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 this was the, uh, the point in the show when I was... <laughs> When I was hitting the deep. Starting to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> the ref gets a little bit distracted by Myers. Cardona goes for radio silence, but gets popped up into a low blow as the referee's back is turned. After the commercials, we see Cardona come back with a missile drop kick. 
Hernandez goes for the border toss, but Cardona escapes and hits the radio silence. One, two, three. And Matt Cardona beats Hernandez in seven minutes, 42 seconds. Yeah, so the, I, 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 caught, I caught the uh, the finish. It was like, the, the I, what, what, what does he call it? It's, it's, it's not the Rough Rider anymore. The radio, the radio silence. Radio, yeah, the radio silence. And like <laughs> Hernandez, like, the way he took it, it, it made it seem like a jumping Bronco Buster. Like he like jumped like jump straight on like Hernandez. He he took it so weird, bro. It was hilarious. But uh, I, I was gonna let you um get get into the the, the post match uh, with Myers and um Cardona because I, I I genuinely did like that, and I was gonna tell you why after you uh, broke it down. So yeah, I, I didn't think a whole lot of the match. Um, the the commercial break was actually longer than anything that was on the on the TV. It just seemed very very basic for me. What was that the uh... The Eddie Edwards and um and Lashley match, <laughs> probably one of the two times they played that. Gia Miller enters the ring to interview uh, Cardona afterwards, and Cardona says, "Look, I'm not here for Brian Myers. I've been wrestling for 18 years. I'm not here to pass the torch. I'm here to light a new one." And that's when Myers comes in the ring and says, "Hey, look, this is." My place. Why do you have to copy me? Why do you have to follow where I go? Cardona's like, dude, what's your deal? Um, why are you this moody Myers all the time? What's going on with you? What's changed? And as he's saying this, Cardona gets attacked from behind by Hernandez. Eddie Edwards then runs out to help. And as all the struggles going on, Cardona elbows Myers in the bad eye-patched eye. Um, it seemed to me here that that was the only kind of physical interaction between Myers and Cardona. So it, it kind of seemed like they are still reluctant to fight each other, but uh, Cardona accidentally elbowing Myers seemed to put an end to that. Um, what what did you make of this? You said you quite uh, were high on this segment. Yeah, so, so I did like it just because like it was so simple from Cardona. Like it, it, it was kind of something that was been sitting on my mind since he came to impact and been having these interactions with Myers like Cardona was like dude everybody here knows we're friends why the hell are you acting so weird and like I was like there we go finally he said it like I I, I just really liked that because like it was just something that was like really on my mind I was like bro everybody knows these dudes are like the like the bestest of friends they literally do a podcast together every day like everybody knows they're cool and they're tight like and, and i get it's in the storyline purpose but it was just it, like with, with these two I, I don't think that dynamic works well because they are literally together in so many other different er, like areas in professional wrestling like podcasts and so it was just kind of weird and i like that cardona kind of addressed that and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how myers kind of explains why he has an issue i mean he kind of did he said that he felt like Cardona was trying to copy him by coming to Impact, and it, it, it kind of makes sense. So, I mean, I, I I just like their explanations. Like, I, I'm not really that big on seeing them, like you know, going to this whole deep storyline thing. But I did think they provided some reasonable reasonable explanations. Uh, you know, on on their respective behalf. Yeah, I mean, we're all also connected now with social media and and stuff. We know what's going on, so it it is kind of jarring when you see them doing their podcast and all that, and then they're feuding, but. The way they explained it, it's almost like, you know, when you move from like your secondary school to high school and you're with different kids and you might move to the same school with one of your best mates. But then they're kind of 
ignoring you a bit because I don't know maybe they think you're a bit dorky or whatever and they're trying to make new friends but they'll hang out with you outside school and mm-hmm. it's like dude what's going on maybe I'm just mm. talking from personal experience here I'm, I'm just <laughs> letting out my all these childhood traumas but <laughs> that's the kind of uh, feeling I was getting with this story like hey we were hanging out last night and now you're being fucking weird again what's going on dude it, it, it made sense though that's the crazy it does it, it does we go to one of our paid ads from AEW's Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan. Angry Tony Khan this week, Davey. He's angry. 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 He's not emotional this week. He's angry. Um, they're both wearing heart-shaped, rose-colored glasses. Uh, Tony's holding some heart-shaped balloons because, obviously, it was Valentine's Day. How was your Valentine's Day, Andrew? I had a wonderful weekend, Davey. I oh think, yeah, I think that's all I need. I had a great weekend, man. Oi, oi! <laughs> I had a great weekend, man. I was hanging. I was with my lady all weekend, bro. It was just. It was. A, we we did has had some fun times, bro. It was a very very enjoyable weekend, man. It was a memorable one. Very nice. I'm happy for you. Uh, Tony says that he didn't get any gifts this year. This is Tony Khan. He said no one gives. No one ever gives to Tony Khan. But I give. I'm giving to everyone. He says even this. This ad is a gift. I'm giving this away. And, you know, my accountant even said I can write this off as a charitable donation. That was so disrespectful. Oh, I loved it. (laughs) So disrespectful. (laughs) He then starts to run down tomorrow's episode of Dynamite featuring the Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful for the AEW tag team titles. He says, good brothers, this could have been you if you didn't screw around. That decision was a poor decision, just like the ones impact management and wrestlers always make. He says, you helped me open the forbidden door and that door is me. And tomorrow, anybody could show up. Also on tomorrow, Sting is going to call out Team Taz for the 84th time. We're going to have Serena Deeb versus Riho in the women's tournament. The Hardy Boys, uh, sorry, the... Hardy Party versus TH2, and I didn't quite catch who the partner is there. And then we've got the six-man main event, Eddie Kingston with Butcher and the Blade taking on John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix. Hey, David, real, real quick before we uh, before, before we dive into it, I'm telling you, I I, I might I'm, I might have to stop on for uh for 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 a quick a quick cameo appearance on BD Elite because. That that Riho and Serena D match, I don't I don't know what it is, but I'm like unnecessarily amped for this match, and I think I'm about to ruin it for myself, like because <laughs> I, I have like unnecessarily like high expectations for this. I don't know, I mean, maybe just because I haven't said like I haven't seen Rio wrestling in the states, and I know she's been wrestling for uh, wrestling stardom, but like I was like I don't know why I have these high like this absurdly high expectations for this match. Like maybe just because I think the world of Serena D as a wrestler, and I just haven't seen Rio in the states in a while. So I don't know what it is, but like you, you, you might you might be seeing me pop up in the chat or uh, making a cameo appearance on BD Elite. I'm telling y'all to come rave about this match. Absolutely, BD Elite, one p.m. on Twitch.tv/upnextpodcast on Thursday. That's one p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to that match. Uh, I'm with you. I I haven't seen Rio wrestle for so long, so it's kind of exciting. Well, it, it's been what since March 2020, pretty much a year. Time? Yeah, and. Yeah. Serena Deeb was my pick of AEW's Women's Wrestler of the Year last year. I think every match she's done, she's had, she's just so smooth in the ring and really brings out the best of her opponents. I think that's going to be really good. 
can you believe they had her up in the performance center for all these years? And she was like, I mean, of course, she played a, obviously a big role in, you know, helping anchor that, you know, produce that class of, you know, talents that we look at today as the quote unquote pillars of the the, the women's evolution in WWE. But like, damn, bro, they had Serena Deeb this whole time. And like, she just been a coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a coach. Like she she's great, bro. She can wrestle like she's like really great at what she does. Like, it's kind of crazy to me that they would. Like not try to, you know, you know, if, if she's teaching some of your best female talents, some of your best wrestlers, like you, you would think like somebody, a, a signal will go off in your brain. Like, how about you try to wrestle? Like, how about we get you on TV? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's crazy, man. For, for me, it's a shame that this is a first round match as you'd kind of like to see more matches from the tournament from these two. I, I kind of predict Rio to win because then she can have a NWA mm. Title shot um, yeah. down the line and go yep. to the rematch, but yeah, yeah I, I think tomorrow's tomorrow's AW looks pretty good. Um, Remember that plug, ladies and gentlemen. BD Elite, one PM, one PM Thursday Eastern Time. Thank you, Andrew. Um, yeah. Tony then asks what Shivani's favorite movie is. Shivani says, "Well, it's The Godfather." Khan says, "Me too." Goes favorite character. Goes Michael Corleone. Goes well, me too. He says, you know what? Eddie Kingston reminds me of him. He runs a tight business, runs a great family. And this is Tony's present to Eddie. I'm giving Eddie this match. This is my Valentine's gift to him. But careful what you wish for. You might just get it. And then he closes by saying, Kenny, there's a very special Valentine's present for you. And I can't wait for you to have it. Or that AEW world title announcement for Revolution. I'm calling it. I'm oh, calling it. okay. What, Mox, do you assume? I, uh, see, I, I feel like Mox is literally like the safe option. Like, I feel like it, like if, if we were like betting, I feel like that's the, the safest thing to do is go Mox. But like, I I, I just feel like it, it's, it's it's something else. Like, it, I, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and complain about seeing Mox versus Omega again. But like, I feel like since Tony kind of built it as like a big, you know, so he, he didn't like over, over, like overdo it, but like it just seemed like it was something more than, I'm not going to say more than Mox, but like it just seemed like it was somebody different that, you know, it could be presented uh, for Omega for Revolution. Do you think someone off roster? Pro- yeah, that, 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 that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm going off roster, I, I, but I, I just can't think of who, like, I, I really can't, because I mean, Mo- like, the thing is, like Mox is Mox got the match against uh, Kenta next week mm. um, for NJPW Strong for the IWGP US Heavyweight Title, and I think most of us are assuming that New Japan probably wants that damn title back. So Mox is probably going to end up losing, or maybe he won't. But like, okay, so let's say just for you know, just as a thinking about it, like if if he loses that match, I'm pretty sure you won't want him going into a uh, already announced match with Omega. And he's coming off a real big loss, and then he ends up losing to Omega again, and that's one of your your top guys. And then if he wins the match against Kenta, then you, you know what I'm it, it's a, it's a lot of like dynamics and like weird like points that you can go into with this. But like I but like I, I just think being Mark is the safe option. I'm gonna just say that that's the safe option to bet on. Somewhere in the six right now, Braden Harrington's just screaming Kota Ibushi, Kota Ibushi, end game. Um, 
yeah, I don't see them going to Ibushi yet, but we could see someone off roster. I know what you mean about the Mox thing. Uh, I, I feel that's the most built match, though, and I, I think yeah. um, maybe throw a gimmick on there or something to, to raise the stakes a bit, um, but I see it being uh, Moxley uh, going for that title. Um, and I was just corrected by the room. The tag match is uh, Matt Hardy and Hangman taking on TH2. So what did you make of this uh, this segment? I, I think the, these have started to go a bit up and down in quality for me. Um, some weeks are better than others. I'm starting to enjoy the, the little gimmicks they're bringing each week. Like this week was the, the hearts, the Valentine's Day theme. I did love that charitable donation line. Um, what did you make of this? So I'm, I'm I'm really liking Angry Tony Khan. This is my favorite <laughs> Tony Khan right here, the one who is talking talk, talk like it, 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 I think it was kind of good to see this version back because I know uh, over the past two weeks you and I were kind of like you know the, the segments were kind of like skippable. I guess like they weren't really as prominent as they were, but I feel like it was a good break to not have him just like completely trash and impact every week because then it gets you know repetitive. But like we haven't seen it in like two weeks. So now it's like a, you know, like, a, oh, I, I remember that type thing. So I think it was a uh, like it, it was a cool way to kind of break that up a little bit and reintroduce the uh, quote unquote evil Tony Khan. Yeah. And this one actually felt more like a genuine ad like th- this actually successfully got me hyped for tomorrow, whereas I felt the previous ones are more at just getting a, d- a dig in at impact all the time. Uh, right. But this was fun. We yeah, go. They, they, I was about to say, Dave. I wanted yeah. to m- mention something real quick uh, regarding AEW. I don't know if anybody has noticed, um, but Suzuki Goon uh, is not booked for this Road to Road to Castle Attack tour. So, oh. yeah, Minoru Suzuki, ladies and gentlemen, is not on this Road to, ca- road to uh, Castle Attack tour. So, look, you, you look. We, we we can speculate all day. May, maybe Minoru is or whoever else uh, from Suzuki Goon is quarantining right now. You never know. But they are not on this tour. So, I mean, maybe it's just a happenstance that, you know, they just, you know, they just not on the tour. And you know, that is what it is. But, hey, you know, a man can drink, can he? So uh, does that include uh, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. aren't part of the so, tour? So I haven't, as I'm looking right now, I do not see Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. I do. I, I don't. I haven't seen Suzuki at all. I don't. I, I really haven't seen Katamaro or Desperado uh, for the Road to Castle Attack shows that's coming up this week. Like they, I, I haven't come across their names at all. Um, and the twenty first, the, tw- the show on the twenty first is canceled. So that's that. That card is uh, doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, man, for them for the shows going through the twenty seventh, I'm looking at right now. Yeah, Dave Suzuki Goon isn't on the card, bro. So you're telling me Revolution, Kenny Omega versus Doki. <laughs> I'm excited, Dave, Andrew. I'm Dave, excited. Davey with the pin, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we go backstage where Havoc is approached by her tag team partner, Nevaeh. Um, Havoc says, hey, what's going on? You left after No Surrender. Nevaeh says, look, we lost again. Like, we keep losing. I keep losing. Where do we go from here? Should we even be a team? And as she says that, Tanil Dashwood walks in and just admits it. She goes, yeah, I was eavesdropping. I was listening. And listening to you 
reminded me of one of my favourite quotes. Every week, Neil Dashwood seems to have one of these awful quotes. And she says, it's trust the timing of your life. And she says, look, it just so happens I'm trying to find a new tag partner. And you, Havoc, want to get rid of excess baggage. Nevaeh gets mad and she's like, whoa, look, I'm right here. You're talking about me. And she challenges her to a match. Tanil agrees and says, when I beat you, I can show Havoc who the best partner is. Tanil walks off and Havoc says, don't worry about it. I'm with you. I've got your back. But Nevaeh says, I got to do this on my own and walks towards the ring as the camera zooms in on Havoc looking sad. Man, Davey, I, I I know me and you are like a a, a broken record with this uh the same conversation, but man, I, like the dude, the last time I think I found the Tennille Dashwood character slash Emma character in a wrestling in any way, shape or form was when she was in NXT. And I, I like I like my fondest memory of her was when she had that takeover in London crowd. I think like dude, she had them people hooked. And then like I think she had like a really decent run in Ring of Honor. I think they should have put the title on her, but they didn't. But like, dude, it, it's like I like I, I can't get into anything she's doing. Like and and it's like it's it's kind of like frustrating as a fan because I feel like she could be doing so much more, bro. Like I feel like she's like literally a star, but like it, she's just not. Like it, I, I don't know, but like may, maybe like that, that like, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here as far as like you know, because you you don't want to be like, oh, somebody doesn't have the quote unquote like fire anymore. Like I think that's you know kind of a stretch to say, but it it, it just seems like it isn't like clicking. I don't, I don't know if that's just me, but it just seems like it hasn't been hidden for her, like an impact. No, I'm with you. I. And it seems to carry through to her matches as well, whereas I just don't think... I, Not that she's given a lot to kind of play with, but I I just don't think she's there as a wrestler as much as she used to be. And I kind of just want to see her have a serious match against a Diana or a Jordan Grace just to see, does she still have it? Because I'm really not seeing it. And this, this Caleb with a K team with her is is just death i think it it needs to be over bro it really does like have someone hack her instagram account or she gets blocked Mm. from all social media and she can't do that anymore and she comes back as the wrestler to neil dashwood because uh, it's disappointing to see yeah go for it no i was about to say like you want to know what's crazy like me me and you've been talking about how diana isn't doing anything dude why don't you set up something with neil and diana oh yeah Absolutely. Do a title match on Impact, have a main event to show. Yeah, I'm with you. Completely with you. This really isn't working. We go to Reno Scum taking on Finn Juice. Juice Robinson and David Finley coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. The match starts and we get very quick tags from Finn Juice who keep on hitting sort of double axe handles to the arm of Luster the Legend. Followed up by a double bulldog. Lots of tag team moves here. Luster comes back with a spine buster to Finley. And then rubs Finley's face in Adam Thornstow's armpit. Disgusting. Before making the hot mm-hmm. tag to Juice Robinson. Juice comes in. He's hitting his jabs to both. A on splash. 
the left hand of God to Luster the Legend, a rolling cannibal to Thornstone... Uh, not sorry, I said cannibal. Cannonball, not Hannibal Lecter. Rolling cannonball to Thornstow. Luster then gets Juice set up for their finish, but Finley manages to make the save, and we get the superplex frog splash combo from Finn Juice, pinning Reno Scum in four minutes ten seconds. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a quick one, uh, but I, I think it just it, it did what it needed to do. No need to you know try to. Oh, over display David Finley and Juice Robinson. I think most of the audience tuned in know what they can do. Have seen them, uh, you know, at the top of the mountain as far as the tag team division goes in New Japan for wrestling. So, yeah, I, I think this match did what it needed to do. Um, David Finley and Juice Robinson. That's a nice gift for Impact um, on the U.S. side. I think that's a nice, not, not nice shot in the arm for the tag team division. Um, and of course, I know you were getting into the post match, but I, I really like the, the 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 little small uh, New Japan connection. Uh, that they had between themselves and the, the good brothers. Yeah, I, I didn't think much of the match, but it was just to kind of get their faces out there. I assume that they'll be around for this whole taping, which will be what, four or five episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, fi- uh, Juice Robinson especially has a bit of name value. Obviously, people might remember him from the NXT days, but obviously more recently, his singles run, having the, the US title, he's been in the G1. So... Uh, some name value there as well with this team. After the match, the Good Brothers come out and they say, Ah, I love seeing the young boys coming to another territory. And then they start reminiscing. Hey, remember when Carl went to the G1 finals in 2012 and we won the IWGP Tag Team Championships a lot. And we'd just like to introduce you here to Impact Wrestling. So how about after work, we can go out we can have some beers, and then Gallo suggests even better. How about you, good young boys, go to Talk and Shop and buy some Talk and Shop whiskey, and you can party with us like the old days? Robinson says, "Hey, man, look, we'd love to drink and party, but this ain't 2015, and we're not young boys anymore." So they says, "Look, we'll stay and drink with you, but as long as Gallows make sure Anderson doesn't fall asleep before midnight in his own piss." And the Good and Brothers it. look kind of mad at this, and they're just staring at each other for a long time before this segment ends. Did, David, did you feel like that that joke was like a little bit of an inside joke right there between them? I don't, I don't know if that was just me when you when you said like the. And that he hopes Anderson don't wake up like I guess covered covered on covered in himself. Like I felt like that was like an inside joke between them that that only they know. I was like, they, it, it, I don't know why I caught that, but it was just, it just seemed like a real funny line to me and very specific. So that was, was kind of hilarious. But like one, one thing that I did like about the segment was when uh I think it was Anderson who said it. He was like he was like why wow. he was like I know we're making more money than them. So I was that 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 popped the hell out of me right there. That was hilarious. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah, this was enjoyable. I like, I like the Good Brothers, uh, on the mic, and I assume this will be the, uh, next Impact Plus pay-per-view tag match, do you assume? Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, think of a, a, a well, what you think they're going to name the next one? The next lock, I mean, I was about to say lockdown, but I feel like that happened already. But, I, I mean, it doesn't say much about your own tag division, right? If, you, if you're having private party from AEW against the champions and then Finn Juice. I, I think it's cool, but it makes you realise that they're they're kind of low on tag teams 
in that rock company. Who else is in the Impact Taxi Division besides Saban and Storm and the Good Brothers? Like you got, I mean, you got Ace and Madman Fulton, but Ace is kind of you know busy yeah. on bigger things right now. Like who, like who legit? I mean, you could do is that it, bro. You could do Rohit and Ma, Ma Bali Sheer. I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah. Like, well, maybe that's because you know the interaction they had with Storm and uh, Saban. So maybe that could be one. True. Yeah. It's, I mean, that would give something for Rohit to do. But yeah, their their tag division seems very threadbare right now. Oh, because we've lost the Rascals and the North, essentially, haven't we? Which were two big, big teams in, in your division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, and David, David, we got to mention, man, what a hell of a start for NXT for uh, Dez and Zach Wentz, man. Jesus oh. Christ. Oh yeah, you you watched all the takeover? Yeah, I, I seen all the takeovers, man. That that Davey, I'm telling you, bro, there is nothing more that makes me happy as a fan than seeing an, a, a a tandem or a person who everybody knows is hella talented and they get pushed right out of the gate. They're literally pushing these two to the moon, bro. Like there's, bro, there, there, there's no reason they shouldn't win the NXT tag team titles, bro. Like legit, no reason. Like it's there's no reason why they should. Yeah. Like they literally have all the momentum, bro. Yeah, I. I think they're great. Um, as I've mentioned on the show before, I, I I got into Impact uh when the pandemic started. So I'm coming up to my anniversary, never watched TNA in the past or whatever. Uh hadn't even heard of these guys before I started watching Impact, and they were the highlights for me every week on on Impact Wrestling. So when I heard they were signed to NXT, I was really happy for them. And to see them being, as you said, pushed the way they have, not only pushed the way they have, but putting on a really really good match uh like that match was crazy if you told me that was your match of the night i wouldn't argue with you i'm i'm still torn between three of the matches on the show which one i like the best uh that tag match was insane and and really really happy for those guys yeah man yeah the, it, it seems like the the rascal split like going by the impacts and the rascal split kind of worked out for everybody because i feel like trey is kind of heading in that same direction but his is kind of like more of a a slow burn where like it seems like uh Wesley and Nash Carter like they kinda like got skyrocketed. Like they like right out of the gate and Trey's come back is kinda you know like I mean you talked about earlier about the hey, it seems like he's gonna have to get through Sammy Callahan to get to that, you know, that ultimate big moment and in, in terms of uh uh Wesley and Nash Carter, it seems like they, they they right on the cusp, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. We go to a bar where we see Rohit Raju with Shira. Um and Rohit is saying, there is no reason why I shouldn't be X Division champion right now. Oh, wait, there is a reason. It's you. He says that Shira cost him the match and it's all his fault. Shira grabs him by the arm. But when Rohit shrugs him off, he falls back and bumps into Jane Storm, who's right behind him. Storm says, look, we can have a fun night tonight. We can put that behind us. All you need to do is apologize to me. Rohit says, well, what if I don't want to apologize? So he gets a glass smashed in his head. Shearer then steps in and him and Storm square off. The two big men here facing each other. That's when the bartender tells them to calm down. And you see Johnny, uh, sorry, James Storm uh, tip the bartender when Johnny Swinger comes in and says, forget this sawdust place. I got a palace. And Swinger gets them to go with him, Sabin and Storm. And as they're leaving, Swinger picks up the tip that Storm gave to the bartender. Um, so this this team of Shira and Rohit has been together about 
what, 10 days? And yeah. there's already dissension between them. But as you mentioned in the last last segment, it seems like we're building up to uh, maybe Storm and Sabin versus Shira and Rohit, which mm-hmm. which could actually be quite good. The, the You've got the two big men there, and then uh, I'm sure Rohit and Sabin will be great together as well. And if we can get some singles matches along the way, I think that would be a pretty good feud. Yeah, I definitely think if, if you're not going to have Rohit right back in the exhibition title picture, then tag team titles, uh, tag team titles ain't, ain't too bad. No, absolutely not. Because we, we were a bit worried what happens for him next after uh, not winning the championship. We're getting cracked over the head with beer bottles. So oh, yeah. Rough start. We go to Swinger's Palace. Uh, yes. Saban says it reminds yes. him of WrestleMania 9. <laughs> We've got Johnny Bravo, who's the croupier. Uh, Alicia Edwards is just hanging out. We've got Swinger's ladies are in there. Uh, Sabin and Storm are both given a Bud Light. And then... Andrew, what happened here? Storm just <laughs> Storm just decided he wanted to rap, so he he got Saban to start beatboxing, and they he he rapped at Alicia Edwards. It was yeah, very yeah. strange. The, the storm Storm uh, has no future in music. I'm gonna just say that right now. This was that 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 was horrible. But what, what but what I will say what was great about the dude. I, I I already told you like I'm I'm like a very like I've become very an on and off fan of Johnny Swinger. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like some weeks like they kind of overdo it, and then you know and then it's, some weeks they 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 hit it on the head, and I, I feel like this week they hit it on the head. Like oh that 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 that, that, that music that they play in the background like that seventies club party music is is hilarious. Like it just adds to the overall feel. And then the funniest thing, or the wildest thing, I should say. Is when he said, "You don't know crabs until you've been with Bob Seger's ex-girlfriend," and then the music cut, and then everybody looked at him like, "But like, what the hell you just say?" And then he said, well, "What did I say, Daddy?" And then the music cut back on, and everybody kept uh, went back to what they did. That like, I was, I was swinging like when 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 it works, it works. But like, it, it's just crazy because when it doesn't, like, it really doesn't. I think it's the the thing with a lot of these characters. Um, our truth as well. If it's in one like zinger of a line and then out, it's quite funny. It's when you have the zinger and then you stay around and you try and make more jokes out of it. And it's, no, you got your laugh, leave. And the, this segment definitely got that laugh from me. It might be one of my favorite swinger lines. <laughs> so we had Fuller Bar come in with the ten dollars he got from Hernandez. He says, "Hit me." So Sabin hits me. Uh, hits him. Uh, Bravo deals the cards and Falabar is bust. He's out. He's lost his money already. And Johnny Swinger gets the Swingerellas to throw him out. Alicia tells him to give him a break and have a heart. He says, look, he's clearly hurting. And that's when Swinger says, you don't know hurt until you've caught crabs off of Bob Seger's ex-girlfriend. I can't believe they had this line in here. This made me like audibly laugh out loud. Um, yeah, what's with crabs in wrestling? <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you, like I, I I don't know what the hell is going on with that 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 that, that line that line kind of caught me. Like that that's why I laughed. Like I mentioned that earlier. Like that line got me. That that was like genuinely funny, and it was kind of wild as hell to hear that. But yeah, man, uh, like 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 again, like went with, with swingers on. He's on like when he's off, like it's, it, it doesn't hit. Like I feel like 
like like I, I don't know I don't know what it is, Davey. Like we, we we got we got an on and off thing going here with uh with Johnny Swinger. Uh, I wonder if he just kind of goes out there, does his own thing, and then sees if it will pass or not. Yeah, like goes is there quality control here? Let's right. just. Let's just say this, see if it stays in the show. I, 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 I really feel like they just let Swinger do his thing. Like they just like Swinger, you say your your stuff and then, you know, we we gonna we're gonna move forward how we move forward. Yeah. Moving forward, our next match is Tanil Dashwood with Caleb with a K taking on Nevea. Tanil takes down Nevea early and gives her a noogie. Nevea then hits a sliding clothesline for a two. Tanil fights back after a little distraction from Caleb. Both are down. Nevea comes back hitting a STO, followed by a seated bulldog for a two count. Nevea keeps on going for pins and starts to look desperate and frustrated when Tanil's kicking out. Tanil hits the Emma sandwich in the corner, the low crossbody, followed by a boot to the head and one, two, three. Tanil Dashwood pins Nevea in nine minutes, eight seconds. Uh, Davey, this was uh, this this was this was part of my deep sleep impact. So yeah. uh, I don't have much to say about this. Uh, I, I know me and you kind of broke the whole Tanil down the Tanil uh thing down earlier. Um, dude, like sh- set up some with Diana because Diana's like literally just your impact uh, knockouts champion waiting in the wings for a, a singles match. Like, like I, I, I I'm enjoying the stuff they're doing with Susan uh and and, and Kimberly a little bit, but like. Don't don't lose the essence of what made Deanna special when she first came into Impact. Like, don't lose that. Don't like it, it's okay to like incorporate character and stuff. Like, I never have an issue with that. I feel like you can't just be uh like I, I, I if you're a TV wrestler, I should say you can't just be oh yeah that person's a great wrestler. If you're gonna want to achieve the success that many want to achieve, you gotta have like that extra extra layer on you. And I feel like they're they're kind of like leaning too much into the whole character aspect of Diana, and I feel like they're losing like that thing that made her like so uh, her her character so uh, like kind of special. Like when she first came into Impact, like she was just a fantastic wrestler, and she still is. But I mean, like we haven't really seen that over the past couple of weeks. So they like, dude, just just set something up with Diana. Like have her wrestle to Neil for the title. Like build up to Neil for a couple of weeks and do a big blow off match and give him like twenty minutes. Absolutely. I would take a hard reset with Tanil. Just get rid of Caleb, get rid of this gimmick, turn her baby face and challenge challenge the honor. Um th- this match wasn't great. It it you said you started getting sleepy around this point. I definitely was. Um mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. kind of is one of those matches where I start reaching for my phone a little bit. I, I just did there was no real flow with it. Not not real any no real storytelling being told. Um there didn't seem to be much flow between move to move. Um, I imagine we'll then get to Neil versus Havoc at some point because Havoc will still not want to team with her. We're teasing the breakup between Havoc and Nevaeh, which, again, like they're one of the only tag teams in that division. So um, this this didn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, uh, we we definitely will get to Neil and Havoc at some point. Um, I, I'm I'm curious, like, would they? I mean, because obviously they, you know, they did the whole um, you know deal where. Uh, you know, there's gonna be somebody challenging Kira and Tasha for the uh, tag titles. Um, so, yeah, man, it seems like everybody getting they getting their stuff set up. 
but but the but the knockouts champion. So hopefully they get that together. Um, uh, but I, I'm I'm glad to see there being some type of progression in the women's tag title scene. Like I'm glad we starting to see that kind of move away from Havoc and Nevaeh. Like hopefully uh, we we don't get that rematch again. Yeah, we get a video from Violent by Design where this one it's all Dina talking. Uh, Eric Young and Joe Doring are with him, but this is all Dina. And it's addressed to Jake something. Cousin Jake. He said, We offered to be better than yourself. To sit at our table. You declined. You chose heresy and not to seek the truth. And for that, you must suffer. You pinned me, but you didn't win. The sickness won. You were forced to suffer what you suffered at the hands of Joe. I need to fix this. This is my family business and I need to make this right and make you suffer. And for that, next week, we're going to have a tables match. I need to do this on my own. Nothing is more important than family. I thought Dina sounded pretty good here. Yeah, they, they, Dina was uh, <coughs> so, 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 somewhat convincing right here, man. I, I, I enjoyed the promo for the world. You know, it was solid. Um I, I think they definitely need to continue giving Jake wins over him. Like, I'm sorry, Dina, but you got to Cody. You got to take this L. Like, like I feel like they they doing they, they they're treading in the right direction with Jake something, and they need to keep going in that direction. And I think it's only right that. Well, you know what? I, I don't think they're gonna beat Joe Doring in a singles yet. But I feel like the final. Of course, me and you have said this. The final boss needs to be. Uh, it needs to be Jake something versus Eric Young at some point. That could be one of the Impact Plus shows coming up before. The um, the the rebellion pay per view I believe that's in April, so yeah um, yeah man, Dina sounded convincing. Cody Dina sounded convincing, and uh, but yeah, he got to he got to take this ill next week against Jake something. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed the match actually at the the Impact Plus pay per view. I thought they had quite a good match, and Jake came out with uh, named Jake something. He had new music, um, different bit of a different look as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, during uh, during Jake is the match I'm probably most looking forward to, and I think it could be really if you can have Jake do some impressive things to to the big guy, it could be uh, could be pretty good. Ain't, 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 ain't nothing wrong with a horse match. No, absolutely not. I, I'm trying to find. I saw a tweet earlier, and I can't. It's escaping me who uh, who sent it, but. It was about the open doors thing, and with KG Muto winning the uh, the what GHC yeah. championship, uh, someone was calling out to have a match with During and uh, Muto. Did you no, see no. that at all? No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, he he did say that during the press conference that he got a um, he got a, a, a offer or like an inquire in, inquiry about uh defending his title in the u.s and impact wrestling and stuff like that uh I, I think he has wrestled in impact before so right um look um that, that's a look y'all like I, I get dream matches and all that or whatever fantasy booking that you may have at look that, that, that's a 58 year old man bro like <laughs> I, I respect that he is a absolute legend in professional wrestling and it's not even a question but like please no, just, <laughs> just no. Look, he he need to drop that title to um uh uh, uh Kaito Kiyomaya. I think that, I think I 
I think that's I think that's his name. You need to drop that to him. Get, give it back to the young gun, man. Please, please. So not not a fan of Great Muta being the the champion right now. <laughs> not, not 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 a fan. Not a fan. But I I respect it. You know he's a legend. So I, I heard the match was good. Bro, that, that's the that's the thing. They, they people said it was good. Hey, if you still got juice in the tank, do it. Why not? We see Diona and Kimberly who are chasing after Susan. Susan is just mad that Jazz pinned her and nobody pins Susan and she wants to talk to the manager. Diona tells her to calm down. She says we are about championships and that's not the way we handle our business. Diona says that uh, and that's when they approach Scott Demore. And Diona says, look, I have a favor I want to ask you. And I never bring up the fact that I'm a two times champion and I'm 2020 wrestler of the year and 2020 knockout of the year. But I want you to do a favor for me. And I want Kimberly and Susan to get tag title shots against Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Demore says he loves the idea, but he saw Jazz pin Susan. And therefore, next week, it's going to be Susan and Kimberly versus Jazz and Jordan Grace. And the winner of that will be number one contenders. Uh, Susan then looks really excited about something and storms off. Yeah. So we like, uh, this this was definitely sleepy Andrew at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not even going to try to lie. I'm going to try to act like I remember what the hell happened in this segment. Like I, I I was trying, like I was trying to give you something to work with, but Davey, like I was, well, I I was out of it after this. We're we're setting up two teams now who are are fresh challengers for Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele. So I'm happy happy about about that. Um, and yeah, Susan again, kind of stealing the show a little bit. Uh, I, I think she's, uh, great in this character. She's great yeah. as every character. Scott, Scott Demore had his Booker hat on tonight, man. Uh, oh yeah, number one, number one contender matches galore. He keeps thinking, right? This will be good next week, but I, I need something for the week after that as well. He's he's very much doing long term booking here. Smart, smart man. So next week is confirmed. It's cousin Jake, Jake something versus Dina in a tables match, and we're going to have Willie Mac, Trey, and Alexander taking on Chris Bay, Black Taurus. And uh, Ace Austin in a six-man tag. And the winning team will go on to a triple threat. And the winner of that triple threat will face TJP for the title. Now, interesting, Black Taurus is here. Because I assume that this was the slot. I mean, would you assume this was the slot for Sammy Guevara? Uh, that, that That's what, you know, the... the the rumor is or the r- report is that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like the, the stuff for Black Taurus was planned for Sammy Guevara. Um, mm. I mean, I guess you can only assume that he was probably going to be in this position. It, it, I think it would have been interesting to see how he would have fit into this position. But, um, you know, I, I just think it would like it's a, if, if that was the case and Sammy Guevara was lined up for this run that is uh, scheduled for Black Taurus, like, the, the the thing that would be so weird about it is Sammy is kind of um, like breaking off into his own on AEW with the Chris Jericho thing, mm. and I feel like him like being into. Um, I mean, I mean, may, maybe it wouldn't, but because I mean, but it, at the same time, it didn't seem like it was one of those storylines in AEW where he was like, "I'm leaving AEW for a little bit. I gotta take some time." It was just like, "No, I'm just done with this specific group." 
like I'm I'm out and then you just find his own way and they continue feuding with this group. And I feel like it kind of would have just may, may, maybe it would have thrown thrown it off a little bit if he would have, you know, had this whole other thing with impact going on. You know what I'm saying? So uh I I I, I don't know, I think it just worked out for the best. Yeah, I mean, I I would have liked a run here. And the thing is, it depends if you're going to kind of, if he's going to enter this X Division scene, is he going to get the championship, which I guess is unlikely. But I I could see maybe a scenario where he wins the X Division championship and then that can kind of fuel his story with Jericho even more because Mm. you can go, look, as soon as I left you guys, I started winning. I actually won a title. I haven't been in AEW for 18 months and I've won nothing and then as soon as I leave you guys and do it on my own I start doing well but obviously we don't know what the the plan was but the idea of uh Chris Bay versus Ace Austin versus Sammy Guevara sounds like that could have been a a really cool match and actually the six man as well if he was inserted see now that you put it like that Davey hey Sammy well why not brother why not go go, come to impact man we'll find out one day there'll be a podcast about it one day oh yeah you you know it we you just got to wait. You know it. <laughs> we go to our main event of the evening. Moose versus Tommy Dreamer in an old school rules match. This comes out of the end of No Surrender where Moose came out and attacked both Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer. And this pissed off Dreamer, as he said. So Dreamer sends Moose to the outside and hits a baseball slide. There's this dirty rake to the eyes from Moose as they're brawling on the outside. Uh, Dreamer takes off his headband and starts choking Moose. There's then a baking tray across the head. Moose starts choking Dreamer with the end of a chair. Um, Striker starts bringing up Tommy Dreamer's career and they start pushing the idea that maybe it's coming to the end. They're going, when is enough enough? Moose starts going, you're past your prime. You're just a fat piece of garbage. So Dreamer responds by grabbing his dick and squeezing hard. It's a no DQ match. So low blow getting him back into the match. Moose then runs into a trash can in the corner. Allowing Dreamer to hit the cutter. But Moose kicks out on one. There's an SEO from Moose to the steel chair. Dreamer then spears Moose through a table. And Moose sells this really well. Uh, kind of convulsing as he's gone through this wood. As Dreamer starts firing up. Yells come on. Grabs a kendo stick, starts striking Moose with it as Moose is yelling, Is that all you got, Tommy Dreamer? We then get the bigger Anagi from Moose, followed by the spear, and Moose wins in 12 minutes, 57 seconds. So, yeah, man, uh, I, I, I really think that they're like really going to wait until the pay-per-view to put the title on Moose. I feel like they're, they're going to throw literally everything to delay this eventual title win for Moose, like I, I, I feel like that's like just the way they're going. Like they're really going to wait until what? So it's in April, right? The next pay per view. Uh, yes. So yeah, I, I, I like genuinely feel that they're going to wait until the pay per view to do the title switch. Like no, I, I think me and you and Nate kind of thought that they were going to do this on the episode of Impact and kind of build it up or do it on one of the Impact Plus specials. But like, I, I just feel like they're going to throw every little roadblock or everything they can to delay this Moose versus Richois match. So you think it'll... I'm getting confused because we've got Rebellion and Revolution, haven't we? <laughs> Coming yeah. up. Both yeah. simil- very similarly named. 
Um, but you think this will be on the big kind of April show? I think it is. Yeah, for Impact. Yeah, for Impact show. Not that AEW's pay per view. You don't think Kenny will be going for the title by then? See, see, you you want like it, it, see, it, it's kind of it, it's it's like weird, man, because I, I I feel like Omega could go for the title, but at the same time, like I I feel like that was. Like now, just seeing how things are kind of cooled down. I, I know Kalis and Omega did the whole thing where they were like, um, they were gonna be taking a break from Impact, but like it kind of feels like that was just something to get things hyped up and make you think he was gonna take the title, or maybe he probably still is. Like we don't know. Like they could always revisit that. We don't know what the long term plans are as far as this partnership goes. And then you factor in New Japan, some of my, you know, because you got Kenta, and we don't know where that could go. That could just be. Um, something to build to the new beginning in USA show. It could be something more than that. And you know, I'm gonna uh, I'm throw it just throw, just throwing it out there again. Suzuki Goon is a book for that role. <laughs> Castle attack. Just just saying, just saying, folks. But yeah, man. Uh, like it, 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 it's it's a like I think they have like a lot of good quote unquote problems as far as like what could happen and like it's a, it's a lot of interesting ways they could go. Yeah, I I do see that Swan versus Moose ha- match happening before then because we're talking about two months before the big pay-per-view. We have the AEW pay-per-view before then. That's why I kind of feel Kenny's taken a bit of a detour and gone gone back home for a little bit. But his logo is on that uh, Impact pay-per-view yeah. screen. So I do see him being involved and I, I do see it maybe being a title match. But I'm going to put out there I, I could see Impact being uncomfortable about giving their title to another company. But we do have this TNA championship that Moose has been carrying around kind of as a prop. I could potentially see that as a compromise almost for Kenny to add to his collection with the TNA title, maybe not the Impact title. Now, now see, the only thing I think about that is like, it, it the thing with Kenny holding the title, uh, the Impact World Title, if that is the case, where do you draw the line between? Okay, it, it's just um, you know we we just taking uh, snap, we making snap remarks at Impact versus you disrespecting the championship and devaluing it. Like I feel like if Omega is to become the world champion, he needs to put that maybe not, not, not on equal balance with AEW because, I mean, he's not contracted to Impact, but I feel like he needs to treat that Impact World Championship as, like, one of the premier championships just because off the strength that he's holding it. So it makes that it makes it valuable in his in the character's mind. And I, I, but I, I think the one thing that you don't want to do is to put the title on this dude that's contracted to AEW and then next to you know he's talking about how the title is worthless and all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, that's, I don't think you want that. It it depends how you do it. I, I think there is a way you can do that, but you really need to then have impact kind of banding together to be the baby faces in the story to get their title back and to to show that that title should be respected and things. So maybe we're we're kind of looking at Kenny holding the title as more of a the end of the story whereas maybe it's more the beginning of the story to actually that's when impact need to start striking back because they mm. still haven't done anything they haven't. they're just getting walked <laughs> all over every week um, got, got gallows and anderson more aw talent than they <laughs> yeah um but as for this match it 
it, I mean, it's it's a Tommy Dreamer main event in 2021 for TV. Like he 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 does try his best to get you fired up. Like I think his charisma is great. His promos are great. Um, we have already seen this match not too long ago on a pay per view. Um, I, I hope this is this was just putting kind of a nail in the coffin of this Tommy Dreamer um, run, and we can just get to where it really matters moving forward, Moose and Rich Swan. But odd that Rich Swan wasn't on the show. Which is he not? Do you know if he's not on the tapings at all, or they were just resting him for storyline reasons this week? Uh. I, I I really I really don't know I I would assume that maybe it was just you know he just wasn't on this week's show because I'm pretty sure like the their world champion isn't going to be you know off their tapings I I don't think that's a smart thing I think you need your world champion but you never know man like maybe we see maybe maybe we finally see uh, Impact sort of strike back I guess and we see Rich on Dynamite you never know maybe never know, maybe that'd be good. We go to feedback for this week's episode of Impact, forum.postwrestling.com. Every week for our shows, we post up a feedback thread uh, because we'd love to hear your thoughts. And we start off with Anthony from Melbourne, who says, didn't watch the show, off to a great start. But that's Mm -hmm. why I have to thank you, Davey and Andrew. As a longtime TNA Impact fan from 2004 to 13-ish, I feel out of the loop with their product and even stop checking in on their big shows. But now, thanks to you, I have a way to keep up with the shows. So thanks. You're welcome. Question. Will we get a payoff to the Hardy private party bounty that keeps being mentioned around the tag belts? I think there is a possibility Tony Khan has put a bounty on the belts as part of the interpromotional storyline. It would make sense why Hardy was so determined to acquire the belts. Hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, I don't think they are on this set of taping. So that story seems to be kind of dropped unless we see another tag team come in talking about a bounty. But it seems like Finn Juice from New Japan are the next kind of... They're they're kind of in the private party role now, I'd say. Yeah, I I definitely think that's... I think you just said it all needed to be said, to be honest with you. Like, as far as the... Matt Hardy private party thing I think that's more so of a story as far as like them goes I think that's just going to continue unfolding on Dynamite until private party eventually gets tired of Hardy and you know gets rid of him but as far as the the bounty around the tag title goes uh, yeah I, I, I think that was just something just for you know private party and Matt to kind of like I guess stimulate the storyline uh, outside of the in-ring product maybe yeah, it was more just for the big money Matt character. Just everything's to do with money and bounties and that kind of thing. I, I, I don't think it was to be read into too much. We go to Chris Elliott, who says, Obviously, the big story coming out of tonight was the debut of Finn Juice to Impact. A decent showing from them, and it's good to see them on the show. It's interesting that it looks like they're going straight to them and the Good Brothers. Do you guys see them taking the tag titles for a little while, or is this just a short program for Gallows and Anderson? Also, with TK saying he has a present for Omega, I just assume it'll be a, the Moxley rematch. However, do you think Khan is saying this is trying to capitalize on what Meltzer said over the weekend about Okada going to the States? Man, can you imagine Kazushka Okada popping up on Dynamite and challenging Kenny? Can you imagine? That would be nuts. That would be in. 
insane, bro. Like I, 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 I can only imagine like the crowd reaction, like live there at Daddy's place. They see Okada, and then, and then the best thing about it is we we hitting that point, man. We're starting to get like, and I'm I'm not saying this this. I mean it, it could, but like it's starting to get kind of. I guess like we're starting to head towards that time of the season, the, the time of the year where it's starting to get warm outside. So maybe like people feel more like amped up when it's not like freezing outside, you know. So like maybe they'll be more amped up to see like or if that were to happen. That's just like I was just um thinking about. But yeah, man, like can you imagine Okada showing up on Dynamite? That would be that 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 would be crazy, bro. Like legit, that would be insane. That that would be insane. Yeah, just hearing that that coin flip. To like have him come out would be awesome. Um, I think what Chris is getting at here is not that Okada will be turning up on Dynamite tomorrow, but with right. Meltzer putting it out there about Okada going to the States, that this is kind of just Khan capitalizing on it by putting out a hint that something is happening tomorrow with this big Valentine's Day present. So yeah, but my, I kind of uh, see that. It, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction. This is what I think, right? Do it. That's why we're here. I, I think Moxley defeats Kenta at the New Japan uh, Strong New Beginning USA show. I'm going to say Okada confronts Moxley. Ooh. And then that is the beginning of Okada showing up at AEW at some point. I'm not saying it's going to happen right off the break. I think it's going... <laughs> Okada is going... But you, you know what? I, I, I really could see... Uh, New Japan using Okada or NJPW Sean to kind of like you know bring some more eyeballs to that. Uh, I know Rocky Romero said they have good viewership like on the day after the show airs on Friday nights, so I, I could definitely see Okada like you know just you know that's one of your big that's if if not your biggest star if, if not one of your biggest stars your biggest star uh, appearing on one of your programmers in the states to help attract that U.S. viewership, and then I can see him doing something with Moxley, Moxley kind of taking that over the dynamite. You got people coming after him, yada yada yada, and then that's a way for Okada to transition over. I think that that that'd be a smooth way to do it. But like uh, I know Chris, he said something about the um the tag team division. Uh, the, I, 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 do do you think that uh that Good Brothers Young Bucks match is like just pending? Like it, it's like that that's just that thing is happening somewhere some some way down the line. Yeah, I, I can't see the Good Brothers dropping it to Finn Juice. Right. Um, no, it, I I I see that being the ultimate goal is probably we'll probably even maybe have just one show which is all into promotional matches so you'd have bucks versus good brothers you'd have kenny versus rich swan or moose um you can have a mox us new japan title defense um but yeah i like what you're saying kind of a mox okada feud you hear okada and your head just goes to kenny immediately but um mox wasn't in his bracket was he when they were in the g1 uh, I don't believe so. I I can't think of them ever interacting. I I might be wrong, but that would be pretty fresh and pretty cool as well. And we have one final piece of feedback from Jordan Goodman, who says, "Good show. Don't forget to brush your teeth before mm-hmm. bed. <laughs> yes, and don't forget to check out the wellness policy. Um, if you're a post wrestling patron, 3 p.m. on Zoom." Jordan will be with waiting for the second episode of the wellness policy and then available for free later on on the post wrestling feed. So thank yeah. you for your feedback, Jordan. Andrew, as always, it's a pleasure. Have you got anything you'd like to promote before we say good night? 
Uh, everybody just go check out my interview uh, that I put up with Shane Taylor. Um, it's up on my YouTube channel. So, yeah, go check that out and go like it and go comment on it and go share it with the world. Sounds good. And where can we find you, Andrew? Where can we find your interviews? Where can we find your Twitter? Uh, check out my interviews at uh, Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. And then catch me on Twitter at AD Thompson underscore 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 and you can find me at davy portman if you want to follow up next we're at up next podcast we're always posting our schedules when we're going live on twitch and just funny things here and there that's up at up next podcast on twitter and instagram you can find us on twitch twitch.tv slash up next podcast let me very quickly run through everything we've got coming up this week again very packed on up next Tomorrow, around lunchtime, John Cena will be dropping another shot in the dark on the free feed. He'll be talking about uh, 205 Live, AEW Dark, MLW, the Japanese side of the women's eliminator tournament from AEW, main event, everything that you may not have watched, you've got John Cena to fill you in. Then tomorrow night, we have Up Next talking about the fallout from TakeOver we got to know why, Cole. Why, Adam? Why? That's what we got to look forward to tomorrow. Very excited for NXT uh, tomorrow after that great takeover. And you can find that on our free feed by searching up next. Or we'll be live at 10.15 on Twitch. Then Thursday, 1pm, live on Twitch, we have our AEW review with BD Elite. That'll be available on the free feed later. Friday, we're joined by Martin Bushby for an episode of Best Match Ever, talking about Martin's favourite matches from Pro Wrestling Gorilla. That will be available on the Patreon. Saturday, we'll be joined by Richard Waterhouse for Up Yours as we're talking about the film Office Space from 1999. That's available on the Patreon. And then Sunday, we've got the Elimination Chamber. We will be hosting a watch-along and post-show on Twitch, and then upload the post show on our Patreon. So, so much stuff. There's always so much wrestling to talk about, Andrew. But I believe you need to go to bed now, my friend. So I'm going to say good night. There we go, Davey. Uh, Shall you uh, do your signature sound off, sir? I will do indeed. Take care. Be safe. And I haven't hurt so much since crabs from Bob Seger's girlfriend. <laughs> Ahoy! Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.